Let us pray together the prayer of illumination. You'll find it in your bulletin. Holy God, as we turn to the scriptures, open our hearts and minds that we might encounter you in the person of Jesus Christ. Be with us as the word is read and proclaimed, that we might know you more fully and follow you more faithfully. Amen. Today's lesson is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came to him and said to him, If you're the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. Jesus answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then, the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it's written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, again, it is written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. But the devil took him to a very high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor, and said to him, all these I will give you if you will but fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it's written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please be seated, and I'd like to invite the children to come forward. Oh, we've got a great crew this morning. Good morning. It's good to see all of you. All right. Hi there. Now find a seat. Great. I want to tell you a story. Once upon a time, there was a girl named Jane. And one day, Jane's mom came home with two giant cookies. And she said, Jane, I have two cookies here. You can have one, and your brother Peter can have the other. And then her mom left the cookies on the counter and left the room. Well, Jane ate that cookie, and it was so delicious. And then she looked at the other cookie, 
Her brother Peter was across the street at a neighbor's house. So he wouldn't know if she just went ahead and ate that second cookie. It looked so good, and she wanted it so badly. But then she kind of started feeling a little like maybe something wasn't quite right. So she decided to talk to God about it. So she prayed, God, I really want that cookie, but I don't know if it's the right choice to eat it. Please help me make the right choice. And then she thought about it a little more, and she decided, I don't really want that cookie. I want Peter to have that cookie. And so she left it so he could have it. In our scripture this morning, Jesus has some really hard choices to make. And he prays to God, and God helps him make the right choices. Will you pray with me? Dear God, be with us always, and most especially when we have hard choices to make. Help us to make the right choices. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, if you're three, four, or five, you can go with Pastor Maggie to Children's Church. And if you're older or younger than that, you can go back to your seats. It's always a fun rumble when the kids are moving around. Would you pray with me? Oh God, may the words that I speak and the thoughts that we think be acceptable to you, for you are our strength and our redeemer. Amen. If you have been worshiping with us for a while, you know that we as a congregation have been making our way through the Bible this year. We're reading the entire Bible, and Pastor Carol has been preaching on portions of those readings each week. But starting today, as we begin the season of Lent, we're going to pause that preaching pattern so that we can focus on encounters with Jesus. This morning, we've read from the book of Matthew, and for the rest of the Sundays in Lent, we'll be reading from John. And we begin this morning with Satan's encounter with Jesus. It is a story of temptation. You know, temptation is a word that we hear all the time. It's sort of made its way into our everyday vernacular. But I have to admit that I've never really given it a lot of thought before I had to preach about it. So just for fun, I googled the words, I was tempted. And I got some interesting results. I was tempted by your eyes. I was tempted to pause my pension. I was tempted to cheat, but I didn't. From superstar Motown groups, The Temptations, to cat treats, also Temptations, temptation is really all around us. So maybe it's worth examining temptation a little more deeply, especially now as we begin our Lenten journey. After all, this is a season when we are invited to take a good, hard look at our humanity our sinfulness, and our mortality, and turn toward God. In our scripture this morning, we meet Jesus in the wilderness. He has just been baptized by John in the Jordan River, and the Spirit of God came down and announced that Jesus was God's beloved Son. Jesus is about to begin his public ministry, 
But before he does, the Holy Spirit leads him out into the wilderness, where he fasts for 40 days and 40 nights. After all that time with no food, just when Jesus is famished and presumably at his weakest, the tempter shows up. What ensues, of course, is a battle of wills with scripture as the weapon of choice. If you're the son of God, Satan says, command these stones to become bread. Jesus responds with words from the book of Deuteronomy. And then Satan counters with words from the Psalms. Back and forth they go, each time with Satan trying to tempt Jesus, first to demonstrate and test his power as the Son of God, and then to inherit all the kingdoms of the earth. And each time, Jesus declines. He chooses self-control. He chooses humility. He chooses the kingdom of God over all of the kingdoms of the world. Ultimately, Jesus chooses his humanity when he could summon all of the power of his divinity. Jesus will not let temptation get in the way of his calling. He remembers who he is. He is God's beloved. Of course, for Jesus, temptation has a face and a name, the tempter the devil, Satan. But so often for us, our temptations are insidious. They don't show up in a person with horns and a pitchfork. They sneak into our everyday lives, and sometimes we might not even notice that if, if we're not careful. As one commentator describes it, temptation shows up in moments when we look at others and feel insecure about not having enough. Temptation shows up in judgments we make about people who make choices that we don't understand. It shows up when we look away from those in need. When we engage in the justification of little lies or small sins. Temptation shows up when we allow wealth or power, influence, vanity, or a need for control to define who we are. In other words, temptation shows up when we forget who we are, that we are God's beloved. I don't know about you, but when I think about the number of ways that I am tempted over and over again, it is easy to get overwhelmed. It's, it's easy to start beating myself up for not being better. Why don't I have more self-control? Why can't I just be a better human? Why do I allow myself to be enticed by those things that I shouldn't? I think I'm beginning to understand why I tend to avoid thinking about temptation. It's easy to get into a spiral of shame and guilt if we're not careful. In our Tuesday morning Bible study this week, someone helpfully pointed out that we are not our temptations. In other words, they are not who we are. They're simply choices that we can make. So that got me thinking. 
What if we were to approach our temptations with curiosity rather than condemnation? What if we were to examine our temptations just for a moment without judging ourselves? After all, Jesus didn't pretend that temptations don't exist, that he wasn't tempted. He didn't live in denial about them. He also doesn't seem to feel shame about the fact that he's feeling tempted. Instead, he simply acknowledges his temptations and confronts them head on. A while back, there was a series of commercials for Snickers candy bars. Each of these commercials featured a famous person who was acting really grumpy. My favorite one portrayed Betty White playing football with a group of guys. She got tackled, and then she got really mad after someone heckled her. Just then, someone ran up and handed her a Snickers bar, and immediately she turned from being Betty White into just a regular guy. The tagline for the commercials was, you're not you when you're hungry. I wonder if we take a closer look at our temptations, if we look a little deeper, if we'll actually recognize those temptations as hungers or longings. Perhaps these hungers and longings are just trying to be satisfied in whatever ways they can, and sometimes we choose ways that separate us from God. Maybe we're just not us when we're hungry. But what's the solution? Is there some sort of spiritual Snickers bar that we can eat when we're tempted? Can it help us resist temptation? I don't know that there's a quick fix to anything that significant in this life. But perhaps we can learn something by looking to Jesus. While Jesus deals with his temptations head-on, he doesn't deal with them alone. He entrusts his hunger and his longings to God. In choosing self-control and humility, Jesus trusts that God will not leave him hungry forever. He trusts that God will not abandon him to his longings. And in doing that, Jesus shows us that he is the kind of Messiah who can be trusted. He won't be swayed by the lure of power or fame. Instead, he will remain focused on who he is and what he is called to do, because he is God's beloved. And just as Jesus, as God does not abandon Jesus, Jesus will not abandon us. I don't know if you've heard, but a revival broke out in Kentucky this month. It began on February 8th at Asbury College in Wilmore, Kentucky. After their weekly chapel service, a group of students decided to stay and pray, and the worship continued for 24 hours a day for several weeks. The worship was live-streamed, but droves of people from all over the world came to experience it firsthand. This past week, the college had to start turning the public away because the town's infrastructure and the college's infrastructure couldn't handle that many people. 
clearly there was something compelling going on. They're now encouraging people to pray and worship God and share the gospel in their own communities around the world. I don't know what comes to your mind when you hear the word revival. Perhaps it brings up images of joyful celebration and worship. Or maybe it comes with a lot of baggage from religious trauma and manipulation. In her commentary on this revival, Nadia Boltz Weber acknowledges and recognizes how those things also make her feel uncomfortable. But, she says, from everything I have seen, this revival is a quiet one. It's mostly just singing by college students on simple acoustic guitar and piano. I cannot claim to understand it, she says. All I know is that every time I have tuned in over the past few days, it has made me teary. She goes on to say that she sees a simplicity and a humility in this particular revival. And there's something in her soul that longs for what she's seeing there. She says, I long to sing with others. I long to be open-hearted. I long to trust something for once. I long to be unselfconscious in my devotion to God. I long to witness something real. What do you long for? What are you hungry for? I don't think that we need to make a pilgrimage to Kentucky to find satisfaction for those deep hungers and longings. And I also don't think we need to give in to our temptations. Perhaps one of our invitations this Lent is to examine our temptations and then entrust them to a Messiah who is right here, right now, and who knows what it means to be tempted. And perhaps, just as the angels came to wait upon Jesus, we too will find that our hungers and our longings can be satisfied by God, because he will never abandon us. But the invitation doesn't end there. Jesus left the wilderness and began to preach the good news, and we are called to do the same. Like Jesus, may we remember who we are. We are God's beloved. And may we remember what we are called to do. Amen. <laughs>